Welcome to the Fit Life Podcast, connecting a clear path between the media and science to help our listeners live their fit life. I'm your host, Kurt Salquist, here at CoreFit, and today we are introducing our first podcast directly into in our series of the Eight Weeks Out program. This is meant for our participants in particular, but would be helpful helpful for everybody, whether or not you're taking part of our, our Eight Weeks Out program. If you're in the Spokane area or anywhere in the nation, you could definitely take part in this and work with our coaches online. What you're going to get in this first podcast is a basic overview. It's like when you read a book about how to follow an exercise routine or a diet plan. You generally have to read that entire book before you're ready to get things started. This is the synopsis. It's going to give you the overview of everything you need to know to get yourself started. So let's dive in today with Therese, our registered dietitian, and myself here at CoreFit for this first episode of our 8 Weeks Out program, Nutrition 101. Hey guys, Chris Alquist here with Therese Martinez, our registered dietitian and fitness coach. Hey guys. So jumping right into today's podcast, our first episode in our educational series for the Eight Weeks Out program, we are offering the 101 on how to really get started implementing small changes that lead to big results, most importantly, that last in your life. So focusing on dietary changes specifically on this episode, we want to start off by highlighting some of the most popular diets that people are utilizing right now. Therese, do you want to kick start it off with maybe potentially talking about the Whole30 diet? Yeah, so the Whole30, some of you may have heard of this, but um, the Whole30 is essentially an elimination diet. And what that means is that it takes out aggravating foods that have been researched to um, hurt and harm your gut. So inside your digestive tract, you've got a ton of bacteria that play a large, large role in your health. And after chronic consumption of aggravating foods, you know, we're looking at processed foods, alcohol, uh, processed fats, there's a whole laundry list, gluten, dairy, and they can harm your gut over a period of time. And so the Whole30 wants to encourage your body to reset itself, okay? It helps restore the microbial balance of bacteria in your gut. It helps to restore that gut lining. Now, there are a few different approaches to this type of diet and a few different indications. And honestly, you know, we've talked about this before where elimination diets are actually really, really hard to sustain right so it's important that you understand if this is an appropriate approach for you and that you talk to your coach about it a lot of times when people have a large symptom profile meaning they have they kind of check off a lot of the boxes that um that indicate a compromised gut like skin conditions brain fog fatigue autoimmunity um, they have inflammation related to hormonal imbalances. It can be manifested in a lot of different ways, but that might be an indication that you need to potentially take out some foods in your diet and follow the Whole30. But with that said, it's really, really, really important that you talk with your coach about this because it's easy to dive into the Whole30 and get 
super overwhelmed and only eat like a few foods and you're not actually embracing the whole process that really the whole 30 wants you to go through. I mean, another big part of it is just to transition your, your diet to again, whole foods. And if you are someone that is eating 80% on the go processed fast foods, this is going to be potentially very helpful, but also incredibly overwhelming and, um, and largely very likely to be unsustainable. And so it's very important that you talk to your coach about that. Do you have anything else to note on that? Just that we have some several different, you know, personal bio intake forms that we, we provide with our clients so they can make sure that are they checking off those boxes trees mentioned too. We literally have boxes for you to check off to see if this is you, if you could be possibly dealing with any of these gut issues. And, you know, frankly, a lot of people are, it still doesn't mean a hundred percent that we need you to go into and start a whole 30 diet. There's lots of options and we're going to talk about those, um, that can work out better long-term for people as well. Number two on our list, the keto diet. Yeah, and just a quick note, the Whole30, you know, Kurt mentioned the sustainability of it and that the the potential for it to not be absolutely necessary to go to that extreme of the elimination protocol. And I just want to reiterate, that's very, very true. It just can potentially be a catalyst, but you have to understand what's feasible for you and have to understand what have you tried in the past and what are your tendencies, okay? These are things that you wanna talk about with your coach and what you wanna cover. If you have a track record of going all in on things and and then going all the way 110% back the other way, you know, this might not be the right approach and there are more slower process, sustainable approaches that can still heal your gut. So just wanted to kind of clarify that. The, um, the ketogenic diet. So this is a diet that is very fat-based. So you are consuming, you know, they have a, quite a range now, but it's the true ketogenic diet is about 80 to 95% fat. And the 90 to 95% is usually for a little bit more clinical cases, but, um, but people can also get into ketosis with a 75% intake as well, 70 to 75 too. Um, what the ketogenic diet is, is it's basically helping your body become really efficient at utilizing fat for energy. Okay, so we look at our intake for our lifetime and generally people have consumed a ton of carbs. It's what's been recommended. And so our body has just is, is this constant influx of glucose in its system. And so we haven't really needed to tap into our fat stores for fuel, even though our fat is the most efficient form of energy production. Okay, so the ketogenic diet helps shift your body into burning more fat. And this has a whole slew of benefits. So a lot of times people find that they lose weight, that they um, have better mental clarity, enhanced brain cognition, and some people even find increased performance. It's very person dependent on that last one. Well, really on all of them. I've worked with clients that actually don't reap true benefits um, those benefits with the ketogenic diet as well. 
but it has potential to reap all those benefits. And so you, again, definitely want to talk to your coach and see what your goals are. A lot of times folks that have um, and are uh, that have a little bit more of steady state daily life, um, you know, maybe you're a little bit more sedentary or your activity is more um, aerobic. So walking, running, biking, a lot of times people can find that they have increased performance and increased utilization of fat when they have a ketogenic diet um, just because fat is um is oxidative so when you need basically when you're in an aerobic state you only you primarily utilize fat for energy okay so there's the ketogenic diet anything else there kurt yeah you know one slippery slope people get in with the ketogenic diet being so high in fat and again we're kind of looking at the ideas bouncing back with the whole 30 like we want people to eat a variety of healthy foods and with the keto being that most people are coming from a processed food background and not yet preparing their meals and cooking with real whole foods they jump right into the processed meats mm -hmm. so you're getting a lot of sausage bacon um, anything prepped ahead of time that you know probably has a ton of sodium in cheeses, it cheeses dairy, cheeses, dairy. Mm -hmm. yeah great examples and, you know, although sodium does need to be higher with the ketogenic diet for other reasons we won't dive into, the idea is that you're putting all this processed meat into your body now in order to lose fat can still ultimately gain in fat loss, but it may cause other issues for you down the road because you're kind of taking a shortcut. And with mm -hmm. all these diets, I think these are, these are shortcuts to the end result. Totally. And I think we all know throughout... Every story in history, we've always heard about shortcuts and what happens when you utilize those. Mm -hmm. And that'll be something we wrap back to in just a minute. But let's jump into one more really popular diet right now. And that would be a plant-based diet. Yeah, so some of you may have practiced or heard research around being plant-based. So basically, there's vegetarian, there's vegan, there's ovo vegetarian and so these are all different uh, scales essentially for eliminating the bulk of animal products in your diet so if you're vegetarian um, sometimes folks still incorporate eggs in there um, I know a lot of vegetarians that are kind of more pescatarian that incorporate some seafood also but they're they're eliminating poultry eliminating meat and vegan really eliminates every any everything from an animal source um and so there are a decent amount of perks to being plant-based if again approached appropriately um but there are also some some cons that can be addressed as well and i think that the rabbit hole that folks kind of go down being vegetarian and vegan is that there tends to be a higher intake of of grains and carbohydrates which again from for some people doesn't necessarily a huge problem but for many people it can be over the long term especially when you're not getting the full um, nutrient profile needed that the animal products provide and so there's supplementation that that needs to be addressed there and um, there's also folks that just 
I mean, you can think about like, you know, alcohol is vegetarian or there's a lot, there's like crackers and, and tons of processed foods that are still, that aren't from animals that still contain really inflammatory fats and that aren't, they don't have great nutrient density with the grains that they come from. And so it's important that you understand your food and what, what entails good whole quality ingredients with any of these diets. I mean, artificial sweeteners even too with the ketogenic diet are super, super overused. And so there's just, there's a lot of different approaches that you can have for some of these diets and it's really important to be well-educated with them and also just kind of understand, you know, how, how much they're going to change your life and change your lifestyle and if it's going to be sustainable for the long term and um and and figure out why you're doing it in the first place yeah to reiterate what Therese was saying that all those diets and any diet more that we could we could cover lots more but they're all going to come back to the same idea that generally they require some sort of almost a hundred percent to zero percent adherence so you are full-fledged utilizing the rules of the whole 30 in order to reap those benefits you are full-fledged going keto and eliminating most anything with sugar in it if you're going on a, a keto or low low carb diet same thing with the plant based that you are eliminating if you're going full vegan you know all meats out there and then what ultimately happens is the dirty secret with all diets is that we fall back to what we're used to, our habits. Our habits in the end game are always going to win. Changing things momentarily or for a short term can definitely happen when we're excited at first and you know we're eating this way, we even feel the positive results and changes which we've seen dozens if not hundreds of times with our clients. And then yet still for some reason, this itch comes back. And we fall back into our habits that we never got rid of. And then ultimately, I'm going to tell you guys, everyone out there, those habits never, ever go away. They're ingrained patterns in your brain. And in order, so the longer you've been doing this type of habit or routine, the deeper that, the stronger that pathway is in your, your body, your neurological system. And it, again, inevitably comes back out and resurfaces. So a principle that we have discovered or basically have seen unanimously across the board with our clients that are being most successful with their changes long term is that they are not a hundred percent adherent to any one particular diet they allow for fluctuation in their meal plans as any normal person is going to experience with the randomness and the busyness of life so you have to be able to allow some fluctuations and i think Let's talk about the importance of getting there. How do we get to the point to where our diet resembles something more similar to a Whole30 or a keto or even a plant-based diet, depending on what's going to be best for your personality and your lifestyle and, and what you like to eat, really? Therese, what are some starting points someone can do to make some changes to go from maybe 20% of eating real foods, whole foods in their lifestyle right now, and then 80% of everything else they eat is, is coming somewhat processed. It's being warmed up in a microwave, it's coming out of a box. How do we flip that ratio over to more of an 80% you know, good foods and 20% not as great foods? Yeah. Well, um, 
It really depends on the person. You know, this is why the one-on-one -on -one coaching can be so helpful. It helps to understand your own tendencies and what is feasible for you, you know. But I think overall, step one is kind of having a plan. And within that plan, adding foods in tends to be a little bit better, like, on the psyche than taking foods out, right? There's something about eliminating things from your diet that makes you want them way more, right? But if we sort of require or, or encourage people to add some of these foods that, um, that can be, that are whole foods, you know, unprocessed into their diet, that can be incredibly beneficial. Um, I think also just taking it really, really step by step. You know, I've, I've tracked these, uh, this, um, these dietitians on social media. They're called the Real Food RDs, and um, they've got great, great, great recipes. Highly recommend checking them out. But they have the meal prep um, schedule where they actually only they'll cook maybe um, one meal for the week on Sunday, or maybe they'll cook two meals for, for the week just to have in the freezer or something like that. But it's not this huge, huge thing where they're, they have to cook, you know, for the whole family and they're cooking 17 meals and it has to be all regimented and all planned out. And, and it, cause it leads to being so overwhelmed. And I really liked seeing that when I, um, with one of their posts, because it was like, yeah, like, hey, let's just start with one thing that you're prepping. Let's just start with one convenient food that you can have that is a good choice. Because um, that's one of the biggest, like most popular things that I hear when working with clients is that they were in a hurry. They didn't have other options. They didn't know what to do. So they went back to what they normally did. And they went back and, and ate out. And they went, you know, and chose chose a quick food from the gas station or something like that. And so... Um, those baby steps can be really, really helpful without trying to be bombarded and with this, if you're going to eat healthy, you have to meal prep for all of your meals and, or like eat this way for every single day. And otherwise you're not healthy and therefore you should just not even try, you know, it's a, it's a mindset that people get really caught up in. And I think just taking it a step back, looking at like, hey, these are your trends. This is what your your normal diet looks like. What can we do? How can we intervene into some of these behaviors and tendencies? How Where, where can we add some some vegetables in? Where can we maybe take the, the store-bought salad dressing out and, and make your own and just start there? You know, something, just some very simple, simple interventions can can just start turning the wheel a little bit more and more and then it's compounding when we start making more and more changes yeah breaking that down into a formula maybe to simplify that that summary for Therese right there is when you set yourself up with this huge game it's like okay i'm gonna go in and i've got to take down you know 20 different targets every single day for the next month Inevitably, you might start off, you know, okay, I've got the energy, I'm doing it day one, I'm doing it day two, and so on. Inevitably, something's going to interrupt that, interrupt your process, your energy, your excitement to adhere to this new plan. 
and that becomes an instant loss. Like all this work you've been doing and all of a sudden you have a loss and then another loss occurs and maybe you get back on track. I mean, honestly, when we start to see one loss interrupt this process, this big process, it really derails people. It's like I've had one slice of pizza or two slices of pizza. I might as well just eat the whole box. And that's the mindset that we're trying to eliminate. There's nothing wrong with having that slice of pizza. It's in our meal plans. It's in our plan to work on improving step by step. Hey, we're not ready to give up in pizza anymore, and nor are we generally gonna tell people that they can't eat pizza, for example, anymore. But it's this small wins. Instead of asking yourself to adhere to, you know, diet X 100% across the board, we just want to start by adding in some better foods. If we can add in a few new foods every week and build on that, like Teresa was saying, the compounding effect, these small wins that we're easily achieving every day that almost offer zero chance of failure for. Think about that on your psyche. When you're just knowing you're adding in the right steps every week and every day, that you're doing something just positive for yourself that doesn't take much extra time. The power that has is, again, what creates a difference between our most successful clients and our clients that struggle with creating change in their life. Another thing we didn't mention in starting off with, you know, is we really encourage everyone to go out there and build a food journal. And that's something that we can really utilize. Your coaches can really utilize. If you come in and we really see what you're eating every single day, we can get a better idea with our experience on how to build in small wins that have almost, again, zero likelihood that you won't be successful, that you couldn't end up being successful with every single day with just minor amounts of effort, conscious awareness, being mindful of that process to create those wins that create victory in the end game. So start off building your food journal. We'll look at that and then we can get deeper into this as we're talking about adding foods versus subtracting foods and adding foods that create more satiety in your diet, fiber, fat, protein, even water. All these things are really important to help you build on the idea of, of, okay, I'm adding in a new vegetable to my meal plan on a weekly basis. And coaches can help you figure out, hey, what's a good way? Like, I, Broccoli does not sound great to me, but geez, have you ever tried broccoli with hummus maybe? Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried it with, you know, maybe, eating broccoli is better than um, not eating any broccoli. So eating broccoli with a uh, homemade salad dressing. And maybe the salad dressing does offer some type of um, small amount of honey or maple syrup or stevia, whatever it might be. Now is adding that in with that flavor and then you're actually gonna wanna eat it, maybe more beneficial than like, yeah, I'll never eat broccoli because I find it disgusting. So these are small steps of moving towards that process of eating more whole foods in general. And those habits start to pour into other things in our life as the compounding effect builds up and takes place. Yeah. And just a, a quick note with the, um, the food journal. And there are a few different resources. I know that my fitness pal is pretty popular for, for many people. I would recommend also taking pictures of your food to bring to your coach. 
Um, my experience with my fitness pal is that a lot of times, you know, they've got such a great, great big database of food and anyone can put in any food and then identify the, the nutrients for that food. A lot of times it's actually not entirely accurate, you know, and so it helps the coaches to see the actual foods that you are taking in and maybe there there wasn't the the oil included when you you made your stir fry when you put it into my fitness pal and we can see that okay these are vegetables that were cooked what did you put on it you know or if there was a teriyaki sauce or something utilized there that can be really helpful i know i use the, i have my clients do that i think that seeing the food is just um yeah, you can see the portion sizes and all of that. And if there's any follow-up questions the coach has, then it just creates a better understanding of what you are eating. And then in turn, we can then be more um, dialed into what we are recommending for you to do. And, you know, also talk to your coach if you're not really sure what you're looking for when it comes to protein, fat, fiber, and water. You know, Kurt mentioned you can eat, usually increasing these nutrients um, will help with satiety. What does increasing it mean? You know, what? Let's, let's try to have tangible goals here, but those are, again, established with your coach a little bit more. And, you know, you might be someone that is, has been recording your food for many years in MyFitnessPal or, or various types of software programs, um, or you're someone that doesn't even know what foods have a lot of fat or fiber in them. And so that's going to make a big difference with your understanding and um, with how to, to record your foods and with the overwhelm and or even the underwhelm of doing these things. Okay, so we are meeting you where you're at, but we also need you to talk to us about where you're at and what is going to be feasible and help you understand what your your goals are um, with the food recording. Yeah, understanding that everybody does come from a different background and different experience level of what they've been currently eating in their life. And adding to the resources that you have available are actually cooking videos. You know, I mean, that might sound completely unnecessary for one person, but another person has never prepared food, whole foods before in their life possibly. So we have videos on how to put healthy meals together, uh, meal prep tips when you are putting meals together for the week potentially, even seasonings. What seasonings go great with certain vegetables and foods? Mm -hmm. And also the breakdown of foods, your fats. Like, okay, we are supposed to eat fat. Well, do I eat you know, vegetable oil or do I eat olive oil? You know, what's the difference? Why this or why that? We break all that down for you with additional resources. Again, talk to your coach and we can help prescribe those to you and send you those links as we know that is different from a person to person basis. So that's something that's really important with this program is it's completely customizable to you and it's not a one size fits all approach. It's not just a whole 30 diet, it's not just a keto diet, it's not just a plant-based diet. It's ultimately, eating better to produce the best version of you yeah yeah totally i think that's a great summary of this and um one more thing to note with the um 
with the tracking and with, with the diets in general, a lot of times people can get so, so very consumed on calories, right? And so, um, you know, I know that I see that so much when people come in and they record all their food and they have to hit this like X target of calories and they can't go over it and they can't stand it. It has to be this perfect number every time. And to a certain extent, it's really important to understand how much you are eating but I know that we kind of come from a little bit more of an angle where, you know, eating intuitively is ultimately the goal and calories will naturally cycle. And so we get to that point of actually eating intuitively where it's successful when we eat primarily these whole healthy foods 80% of the time and 20% of the time we're a little bit more lenient. Our gut naturally heals itself and so it provides better hunger signaling cues and we are then just better able to eat in a more intuitive manner. And so it's, it's important to understand that's kind of the goal as well and we don't really want to be tracking calories forever, right? That's, uh, I don't think that's anyone's goal and anyone, and I think it's a really big, um, I don't know, hold up for a lot of people when they, when they start these challenges or they start diets and you know, it's, it has to be so, so, so regimented and ultimately that's, that's burnout waiting to happen. And so we, um, we're looking for that long-term, long-term sustainable, um, goal here and making those changes. Yeah. And we've got another podcast that dives deeper into calories and macro nutrients and fats, protein, carbs, as well as micronutrients, all of your, your typical stuff you'd find in like a multivitamin, where to find those foods, what foods are higher and certain things that we've seen um, across the board are low on people's blood reports. And we get deeper into that, like I said, in, our, in another podcast episode with our eight weeks out program, as well as more additional resources, including uh, the gut health that we have on a podcast and also mindset change. It's not just about diet. It's about changing how we approach all this and how we think about this and adding and subtracting habits in our life. Again, whether it attains to nutrition or exercise routines or just maybe personal productivity and personal goals in your life. This will apply across the board for all of you guys. So we encourage you to scroll through our feed on our Fit Life podcast. Make sure you give us a five-star rating so that way other people can get this information if you found it helpful, of course. And uh, look forward to talking to you guys at the next podcast. Yep, sounds good. See you guys. Thank you.